Welcome to the Hillside Community Church Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope this episode encourages you. If you enjoy the listen, let your friends know, and we'll catch you next time. Wow, that was good. Man, it is great to be home, to be in the service with you today. We, a group of us were in India this past, I don't know how long it ago it was, uh, how long it was, um, but it was a great trip, and I have much to tell you, and you're going to love it, but today we're focusing on baptism, and that's where my heart is, and uh, so let me say a few things about that before we do it. So this baptism comes at a perfect time, because we have been talking about what it means to share our faith and see people come to know Christ personally. And so today we have, I think, six children and one adult being baptized in this service, and three children in the next one, and four adults, and five students in the next one. And at least two of them recently have given their lives to Christ. Uh, This is such an important moment uh, and visual. I thought we should spend a little time and get as close to the fire as we possibly can can. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let's go back to the day. Let's go back to 50 days after what we'll call the wildest weekend in all of history. The wildest weekend in all of history. Because that weekend, 50 days before Pentecost, and the day the church starts, you have the crucifixion and the resurrection in a weekend. The crucifixion, if you could take yourself back to that moment when it happened, would have been, that Friday would have been the most shattering of all days ever in history. There could not have been a, a, a more uh, uh, crushing moment than the cross. You say, how could that be true? Because at that time, they would have all thought this was a bunch of baloney. And I'll tell you why. Because what Jesus had offered before he went to that cross was the most earth-shattering sort of information or reality that could have ever been offered. It had never been offered before, what he was offered. Unheard of. It was so shocking to the religious and Jewish people that they actually contributed to his death. That's how shocking it was. In other words, it didn't matter how religious you were, how much you knew about God. To hear what he had to say made you literally, I don't even know what the word is. It would have overturned everything you've ever thought or believed. It wouldn't have been just bad news to the Jews. It would have been bad news for everyone in the world because the news was so great. If it could have been possible to have heard this for the very first time in all of history, God came to us? God loves me? God gave his life for me? You never heard that before. Ever. And so it was crushing. 
I have the feeling of it being just heavy and smothering. You teased us with the best information we've ever heard in our life, and then you died. Go from that to just a few days later. And then all of a sudden, euphoria, euphoric, (laughs) epic. Everything that we thought of a few days ago was real. There's really hope. There's really life. A connection to God is really possible. Ultimate meaning can be found. This would have had the opposite effect. Explosive. Not crushing, explosive. Opened, freeing. And I'm talking about freeing from here all the way into eternity. The lid blown off. All of reality. That's what would have happened. So imagine the power behind the very first sermon. And Peter gets to preach it. He's completely transformed, spirit-empowered. He has authority like he's never had and clarity like he's never had. This is just 50 days later after the lid is blown off of all reality. He looks right at the people who had a hand in killing this man. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be in the crowd and be one of the ones who killed him? I want to read this to you. Men of Israel, Peter says, Listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs which he performed through him in your midst, and you know it. This man, delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross. Nailed by the hands of godless men, and you put him to death. And God raised him up again. Listen to this line. Listen to this line, because it encapsulates the lid blowing off all reality. And he raised him up again and put an end to the agony of death. Put an end to the agony of death. Because it was impossible for him to be held in the grave. It had no power over him. That's what they heard. And then Peter says at the end, after he validates that point, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Can you imagine being there that day and having hands in that after that wild weekend? Can you imagine what it would have felt like 
Here's how it felt. When they heard this, in their heads trying to put it all together, they looked at Peter and the apostles and they said, what shall we do? What do you do after you hear that? And you see yourself in the middle of it. A co-conspirator in the death of God himself. What do you do? Is there any hope for you? Of all people in the world, take the, just the segment of people that were part of the crucifixion after the resurrection. You go, there's no way God's going to let us in. Of all the people in the world, we certainly don't have a shot. That's, that's how it must have felt to them. You know, if you've heard the phrase, day late, dollar short, it doesn't even compare to what this moment would have felt like. And what happened that wild weekend has got to be faced. you got to ask the question, what in the world do you do with that? Because if it's true, everything has to change. Nothing I've ever known, nothing I've ever believed, nothing I've ever experienced, nothing I've ever felt, nothing I've ever hoped for matters now. In fact, in light of this news, I will have to reorient my whole world. I will have to completely change directions. And that's exactly what Peter says. You pull that verse up for me. Got Acts 238 cuz here's what Peter says to this group of people. Peter said to them, "Listen to these words cuz they're as heavy as you're going to get and they're as close to the fire as you've ever heard. What do you do with that wild weekend? You repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins." And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He'll cite in this verse are the components of salvation. This is what you do when you hear that. The first thing you do is repent. There are two imperatives. And then I'll just call them two adjectival wonders. Two imperatives. This is what you do. You completely stop dead in your tracks. That's what repent means. Hold the phone. Stop everything. Stop dead in your tracks. Don't take another step in the direction you are going and make an about face. It's a U-turn. That's what you do. Unless you have something else that's blown the lid off of death, then keep on moving. Otherwise, stand still. Make an about face and start heading toward God. That's what repent means. Rethink everything. That's internal. This is what happens to a human being when he faces this reality. 
then there's a second imperative. Get wet. This is the public part. This is where you come out of hiding. This is where you walk away from everything you've ever thought, believed, sincerely followed in your whole life. Doesn't matter what it is. This is where you walk away from that and you get in the water in front of everyone. You don't just internally turn. You get in the water in front of everyone and you get soaked with the truth of Jesus' death and resurrection. It becomes not something that was just done for you, but something you're fully immersed in and has taken you over so that you actually experience a death and a new life as well. That's baptism. And it's public. Those are your two imperatives. In other words... Getting wet means I learn how to die and how to live all over again. What does it mean to die in this world to myself and to this life? And what does it mean to have a brand new life? That's what baptism does. A whole new reality. All wet. It's a picture of cleansing and it's a picture of renewal. And that's where the other two components of these sort of adjectival wonders. What happens when all that happens? When you stop dead in your tracks and turn and then you get soaked. What's going on? That soaking is a kind of picture of cleansing. And two wonders happen after it. Number one, you're forgiven of everything you've ever done. Forgiven. And you don't have to do anything to try to to make up for it. Covered, done, clean, holy, right before God. That's what forgiveness is. And it's yours. And you did nothing. It's pure and it's freeing. You say, why would God do that for me? Why would he take something unclean and clean it like that? Second one, it's the Holy Spirit. He intends to come reside in you. He cleanses you to make you holy. He cleanses you to come inside and live inside of you, bring his whole person into your world. That's why. It's not just a religious rite or act. It's a cleansing so that God can come take up residence in you and give you power to live. Those are the components of salvation. Now, let me just say this is just as a, an invitation. This is my, I, got, I, need, I need a minute and a half, and then we'll be baptizing. Some of you are wanting to be close. You want to take a sip, you want to take a dip. You don't want to change directions. You want to keep going the way you were going and sort of stop off every now and then for church or pray. And you feel close to God with just that. You like the whole idea of it. You just don't want to change directions and come to God. Let me just say to you, in this church, this is one of my great pastoral concerns. Don't be that guy. Dips his finger in and thinks he's 
found God. That's not how it works. You still love the cowboys more than Jesus. You haven't figured it out yet. Second person in this room. You know you haven't crossed the line yet. You're interested, you're curious. You've been thinking about it for a while, but you haven't stepped over the line. In other words, you're still moving. You haven't stopped dead in your tracks and turned around and, and, and raced toward God at the wonder of this truth. And you don't know forgiveness, and he definitely isn't living inside of you yet. Well, there's two possibilities here. You may think you're too far gone. There's no way God would want anything to do with you. Or you may be, you see yourself, I'd like to come to God, but I don't know if I could live the way he wants me to live from here on out. Well, don't you understand that's the radical nature of the wild weekend. His death and resurrection, resurrection make both possible. His death and resurrection means he saves you. You can't save yourself. And the fact that he comes to live inside of you means he empowers you to live the life that he's calling you to live. Neither one of them are on you. Quit being so arrogant. And just humble yourself before God. That's the answer. That's how radical the message of Christianity is. It's such a wonderful gift. So I'm going to invite you this morning. Stop dead in your tracks, turn toward God, and then get soaked with the truth. So soaked with it that it becomes your identity. That now he determines when you die and when you live. Because that's what baptism pictures. Bow your heads, would you? Father, before we see the wonder you've worked in somebody's life here today, we pray for each other right now. I pray that anyone in this room who doesn't know you, anyone in this room that's been hanging around the edge, anyone in this room that's still moving in a direction that's away from you, stop dead in their tracks and turn toward you. And see the wonder of the truth of who you are and what you've done for us. And I pray it, Lord, with all of my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Now watch. That was pretty awesome. Uh, we have some great stories, too, in the second service. Um, you can't stay because we don't have the room. <laughs> but uh, you'll see that video another time. But let me say this to you. I was watching those kids share their story. And I guess even Roy sharing his. And I thought of Matthew 18, where Jesus says this. Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children... You shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom. So what do you mean? 
All it means is this. The childlikeness of faith. It doesn't mean, it, it, here Jesus is speaking to adults. They've already lived their life. They've already come to conclusions. They've already figured out the world. You know what repentance is? It's like giving up and starting over. It's rethinking everything. It's like spiritually starting out as a child again and going, I used to always think I had to be good to get to heaven. You know, I used to always think God didn't really care. I used to always think, just fill in the blank. But today I'm starting over completely. Not because I've become smarter. It's because I've just, I've just realized what God has done for me that I couldn't do for myself. That's a child. Humble, incapable, unencumbered. That's what it takes. And if that's not you, if that's not you, or you've been sort of tiptoeing around the whole thing but have not completely surrendered your life, I want to challenge you today. Unless you have found something more phenomenal than a God who would give his life for you and who death couldn't hold, that you repent, get baptized, get forgiven, and let God indwell your heart today. So I'm going to pray one more time for you. Just bow your heads. And if you're a believer in this room, pray for the Spirit of God to touch someone's heart today. Because it's crazy how he does it. Father, I lift up everyone in this room again. Because if they're in this room, Lord, something has got a hold of them. And no matter what's going on in their heart, I pray, Father, they'll sense the Spirit humbling their heart. And they'll feel the freedom to surrender completely, to abandon everything they've ever believed about you and surrender their hearts to you. That's our prayer today. Thank you for giving us a very clear visual window today in baptism, how you transform lives. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching today's message. We hope it encourages you wherever you're at in your faith. If you enjoyed it, let your friends know. We'll catch you next time.